0: Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Good morning. Good morning. We have a great guest this morning. This morning we have the fabulous Jesse Alexander here at Amyland. It's a beautiful uh, March morning. Uh, The sun is out. We've had a a rough couple of days here in Tennessee, but the sun's shining today. And we're going to sit down and talk to her about a new record she's got coming out and a bunch of song stuff. How are you?
1: I'm great. You're right. The sun is shining and I just got a Jeep and my top's down for the first time. I'm happy, girl.
0: That's awesome. I saw, is it the black Jeep yeah, out there? Yeah. That's great. I love those four door Jeeps.
1: Yeah, I do too. That's but great. Not, I bought it, you know, in the dead of winter. So it's exciting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: today's going to be a perfect Good day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I got a million things I want to talk to you about. Um, I was looking through. And I, now, I've known you for a long time, yes. but I was really trying to go through and make sure I got everything together. Yeah. You're from Jackson. Correct. Right. So you're a native. Yes, which sir. Which is really rare around here. Yeah, it is. It is. And, it,
1: and I think it's it's like I didn't have that far to come. You know, a lot of people came from very far places. And um, for me, where I'm from is so indicative of my songwriting and music if you really listen to it it's like i had memphis on one side of me so i have you know deep roots in delta music um soul music bill street was a haunt of mine and my dad's you know and then on the other side of me i have a really strong pull to the grand Ole opry was kind of my first introduction you know education of like you know Nashville songwriters like Braddock or Bob McDill or um you know all the Grand Ole Opry stars so I kind of have both of those things pulling me and I feel like in especially in this record there's you either feel me pulling towards Memphis or pulling towards Nashville.
0: That's really interesting Mm -hmm. I I think uh I would have never thought of that that's really cool but that is I I get that with your style because you are country but you have an R&B bluesy underpinning to what yeah. you do and that's just the region you came from
1: exactly when Jackson is a hotbed for you know Carl Perkins is from there but uh, now Jonathan Singleton and Josh Miller and um, Dan Isbell's from Savannah there's there is such a culture I can almost tell really? just like you can kind of tell with East Tennessee and West Tennessee there's kind of a I don't know just the this certain there's personality thing, a there's thing. a thing yeah and and I kind of we all kind of have a similarity, and I think a lot of it is that soul, kind of rootsy, rural thing. That's
0: awesome. Well, um, we talk a lot about songwriting, but for some, I think we should talk about your record first, okay. because I want to know as a writer. Because I know the people that listen to the podcast, they're going to be familiar with you, and they're going to be familiar with your work. Um, the The new record you you've got coming out. Um, can you talk about that, like? What was the motive, motivation for you to do that, and, and uh, kind of what was on your mind when you started that?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed the last 10 years of being a what we call a staff songwriter. I love getting up every day, writing songs for whoever. I love the mission when someone says, Blake Shelton needs a new drinking song, or Tim McGraw needs you know, an album title, whatever I'm, I'm in, I love that part of the job. So to be honest, I wasn't like, you know, desperately looking for some other outlet. I was very content having fun doing my job. But, um, I think that a couple songs, so typically I write men's songs, I would say 99.9% of the time. I don't even consider writing a female song.
0: Well, okay. And we're, we're going to continue the story, but now we got to stop. Okay. <laughs> and you know, a lot of the hey. ladies, girls, writers that I know will say the same thing. Right. Is that because the market, just because there aren't really any female, there's not a lot of female pitches right now for lots of reasons. Yes. Is that why? Or do you just feel like you, do, that you write a male perspective better? Both. I know my for wife sure. Amy says the same thing.
1: Yes. I she, definitely write male perspective better and always have um even a song like the climb it's hard to believe but that was actually written f- from a male point of view john sure. mabe sang saying it so like i've been writing men's songs and tend to have a more masculine perspective in general um just mm-hmm. even as a small you know person or in uh, an only child um i tend to listen to the male artists anyway right right but um, I think that there was uh, two things that happened um, for me. I never had a girl latch on to my sound. Okay. Um, for example, you know the great combos of like obviously like, Hillary Lindsey and Carrie Underwood, right? Or Miranda Lambert and Natalie Hemby. Those that never happened for me. Um, or
0: Matresa Berg and Dina Carter. Dina Carter, exactly.
1: Yeah. And and Trisha and all those artists. Right. So when I started kind of getting desperate trying to figure out how am I going to actually make a living making music or writing songs. And I have a child on the way and then came two more for me, as much as I'd love to sit and write songs for females, um, it it, was, the writing was on the wall. I just had to make a living. You know, that's where my blue collar roots kind of came in. It wasn't so much like mad or it's just like, I have to make a living. It's a, it's a, a business. Right. So, um, I remember it was 2011 maybe or 2010 that I I'll never forget having to convince these guys that I've getting in the room with like, "No, we're not writing a song for I'm not singing today." like literally, like I'll play guitar, I'll write the melody, I'll help you obviously with all that, but you're singing." And I can remember them kind of being like, "Why, why when you sing like that, why would you do that?" And I said, "Well, we have to make some money." And right. so my first hit with that. Was drink on it, mm-hmm. um, and and that kind of made me feel so much better. Like I knew I could do this, you know. Right. And uh, then string of other yeah. men songs. Yeah, and like you said,
0: the climb could have easily been a male cut. Right. Uh, I drive your truck. Is it that one? Actually, is kind of universal, but yeah. obviously, I think it's stronger from a male point of view. But it's it's really that's always fascinated me. Yeah. Amy says a lot of the same things. It's some somewhat. I guess it's business-driven, but also it's a perspective. And it may be just what you said of what you grew up listening to. Yeah. And I know for her, she grew up listening to male artists. Yeah. And she sort of identifies with those songs. I do. Which is good for you because it's tough to get a female cut these days, mm-hmm. right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I would love a... Yeah. You know, I would, I would love a cut and I've had, you know, sure some cuts by um, females, but well, and Miley Cyrus
0: is a female act and that's exactly flipping huge.
1: But song. as far as the new modern female, you know, I've have just better luck or odds or mm-hmm. whatnot um, with, with men. So, uh, and I enjoy it. I well, really enjoy it. It may
0: also be that um, it's, I think it's the other thing you said is really smart. I mean, the, uh, when the female artist, the new female artist who comes along who kind of digs your vibe and you ident- they identify with you, then you start and you build a relationship with them, then you that's when you will have those. Exactly. It's just having the artist and the writer line up, like you said. Yes,
1: and that could happen. I'm of I'm course. always open. It will. But it will you know, happen. I'll be honest, it's actually lined up the, the way same way you just described it, that happens to me with men. For example, Travis Denning is someone that I found literally on a he was on a local TV show. You know, I was blown away by him. I've had to find him. We've wow. gone on to write all these songs. He had, had his first single. Um, right now, me and Riley Green, I would I would consider me and Riley the same way you'd consider Carrie and and Hillary. It, we haven't had that success yet, but right. as far as that simpatico, mm-hmm. um, he speaks my language, I speak his. Same, especially with Blake. I mean, me and Blake Shelton. Yeah. So I feel like I have that exact relationship. Just. Right. It's for whatever reason with men. Well, so, hey, man, hey.
0: You, uh, wherever you can get magic. Absolutely. You, you take it. That's mm-hmm. great. Riley is a great young artist. Yes, he is. He is fantastic, man. He's really He's going to have a huge career. Mm-hmm. Sure he's going to have a huge career.
1: Yeah, he's great.
0: Because he's got every box checked. But in addition, he he really wants to do something. He's trying to do, he wants to do great things. He's a, he's a home run hitter. Yeah, he he's is. He's not trying to just have hits and you know, he's oh, yeah. a deeper person, yep. but he, he cares, he cares, but he's like right in the market. I don't know. And he's I, smart. He's smart, super smart. smart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's really, really good. There's so many great mm-hmm. new male, male artists out right yeah, now. And there are, um, I, they keep me inspired truly. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh my goodness. You know, John Party. Thank you. Bringing back some traditional country music. There's like I said, Travis Denning, and then there's some great new male songwriters that i also am very much inspired by that's great um i don't know what your t- original com- question no, was no, but i know exactly, we've gotten no, way past no no it. <laughs> no this is exactly
0: what we do this is perfect okay, good yeah we good. just go out and wander out into the weeds okay and talk about songwriting yes um do you write uh do you find that you write with a smaller group of people that you stick with and maybe add people every now and then but you kind of repeat with the same groups or do you uh do sessions with new people a lot what's your
1: I would say both for the last five to six years I've definitely hunkered down with my little tribe
0: mm-hmm. of
1: people and um you know then you'd add in like you said or but it's mainly the same people and different combinations of that of those people. but right now, I'm in a place of growth and um stretching out a lot, and I've actually had you know the conversation with my publishers. A recently probably in the last three months like let's just just do some crazy stuff like let's try crazy things and I think it's because this record has been really liberating for me so I have this energy to use
0: and that is such a big part of it it's so great isn't it yeah. I've seen it a lot it does give you energy yeah and it gives you I think it, I think it makes you more bold when you write uh just across the board because you're sort of out there doing what you love and risking which makes better songs
1: yeah I do I feel like I'm in just a new phase of my career and I'm enjoying it and it's just fun to make music that isn't too thought out and so I feel like that's bleeding over into my songwriting um do you do you like a
0: uh do you like a songwriting session where it's kind of wild and wooly and it's just flying out and it doesn't take too long or are you a writer that kind of pounds on it for a day or two or both
1: both but I would say if I leaned a direction it would probably be more of the craftsman style Um, I tend to I grew up around people that you know were crafty crafty types my grandfather is a woodworker like a carpenter so growing up with him and helping him you know I just know the process of preciseness and craft mm-hmm. and um like all the people that I was raised around it's like time put the time in put the time in. and so I tend to go in that direction as like I mentioned those songwriters that were my kind of you know Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. um like Braddock or Bob McDill um Christopherson there's so many but those are craft craftsmen and so oh, I tend absolutely. to go in that and I feel sometimes I equate if I worked hard on it, then it's a better song. And I do think that is true for a song like I Drive Your Truck, which took almost I think it's two to three times for okay. us to get that right. Mine would be you took a couple times. But don't get me wrong. I I do believe in the power of a song wanting to pour out.
0: Right. Well, and it's probably somewhere in the middle. And really, <laughs> I think it's just maybe what you're saying is just depends on the song. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, 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 if 98% of it dropped out and it's great, then you're not going to have to work on it. But if you do, that doesn't mean it's not a good song. If you're banging on it, Bob McDill, I don't know his process. He was retiring right when I kind of came in, Yeah. but I love his songs, but I'm quite sure he was, I've heard stories. Yeah. Um, he, he, he worked on it. He was
1: nine to fiver, you know, he, he got in and worked hard and you know a lot of those songs like you think wouldn't take that long like baby's got her blue jeans on or Mm -hmm. one of those songs it's like that i'm pretty sure he wrote that um you know you can see when you really dissect his catalog it's there's definitely a craft um some of the first people i met when i moved to town were craftsmen um and so i just kind of it i found my home in that yeah um now here's the really challenging thing on this record was um, writing alone. So so, uh,
0: so all the songs on the record n- are...
1: No, there's two that are 100% okay. solo. I the one that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I should probably go now.
2: I love that one.
1: Thank you. Um, and then the most of them are written solo to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and I got my husband, John Randall, to help mm-hmm. me. So, uh, But I would try, really challenged myself. I wanted to see if I could really, you know, get these songs out myself just because i co-write every day sure and this record's so personal and i thought it'd just be a good challenge well, i and think a it's good great. exercise i think it's
0: great for everyone to do it even anyway I, I try to do it every now and then and i don't have any intention to make any records or anything but i think it when you write by yourself it's it's just a different experience yeah you know and it it can really uh I don't know. I think it's great.
1: It's a wrestling match. It is. I mean, my it is. goodness, I, I should probably go now. I I came up with that, just picked up a guitar one morning and literally that came out. Um, just that line. Mm-hmm. And so then it's the, as every writer that listen that's listening probably knows, it's like, is this worth my time? You, right, know, you have to make that right. decision first. What the hell is this? And does it matter? So um, I played around with you know, storylines and what that really means and how far do I take these characters? And it was very much of a kind of cinematic process. And I let it kind of unfold, but I worked on it for months, you know, because I've got my day job. Sure. I don't have time to, like Tom Petty, he would... Work on one song for a week, you know, right? And just every day he'd work on the same same song.
0: Fleetwood Mac spent a year making. Yeah, can you imagine if you put you in a studio with you and John and some amazing and and two other people who sang and wrote as well Mm -hmm. as y'all do, and and y'all hold up in a studio for a year, for a year, and then pick the top ten tracks? How good it would be! Oh my goodness, yeah. I I always think of that. Like no one in town would ever do that but yeah. I think it would probably be like mind-blowingly good. Totally.
1: Yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know, we're so used to now co-writing and bouncing things back and forth to each other. So yeah. And I, one
0: thing I should probably go now, the other thing I think maybe the reason you stuck with it, I'm just going to propose yeah. this when I saw the title and when the song starts, I'm pretty quickly, I'm thinking as a listener, okay, what I love about it. Okay. Is I should probably go now, but I'm, pretty sure she doesn't really want to go <laughs> right the word so, probably <laughs> yeah so it's like and then you're getting into that rub of bad decisions and you know heart versus head and which way is this going to go and whenever you start something with questions it holds your attention oh good. I think it's just a great idea thank you I do yeah I always love a lot of people really relate to that
1: I loved you know growing up with country music obviously it's drinking music yeah Cheating music, you know, killing people or dying music, yeah. um, well, it's, <laughs> all It's that. music
0: about real life, about what people think about most of the time. Most yeah. people think about who they love or who they wish they were loving. Right. That's what they yeah. really think about.
1: Yeah. And I think that there, I do a lot of observing, especially people. Um, there's, I have this river cabin, which we can get into later. That's where the title kind of concept and the record kind of is rooted from in Decatur County, but sitting at that marina bar and just observing yeah. people um, that work all day long, you know they save up enough money for the weekend, and just those—that was kind of my voice. Those people um, from Mama Drank to Decatur County Red to—I should probably go now. It's—it's it's all just kind of a maybe midlife character that's kind of you know what next, mm-hmm. and so that—that's where that song kind of comes from, I think. Yeah, and hope speaks to. Yeah.
0: Well, I, that's what you're supposed to do as an artist <laughs> yeah. is to give voice to, uh, you know, everyone, everyone, I don't know, Amy and I've been talking about this a lot. People listen to music. I think like they read books or watch TV, they inject themselves into the story and, right. and then it's, you know, and then there's a little journey and then what did we learn, you know? Right. And that, yeah. and that it's really that simple, you know? And if, If you can't plug into something, then it's a problem, you know. But when you're writing about things that are everyday in in people's lives, I think you got Mm -hmm. a better shot at connecting with them, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Laura Lynn, who was a big inspiration for this record, was a big uh, kind of – she's the marker of a female that just really wrote her truth yeah she wrote about shit she's literally dealing with right now looking at and so uh, that was kind of a bar for me too with with mama drank especially is how real can i get how raw you know and um but how gray area can i keep it that the listener can make their own storyline, right so
0: but the thing is when you as you say it give your truth or the character that Mm -hmm. you're playing or whatever in between they're sloshing in between if you give your truth What's going to happen is that that that's true for a lot of people. There there are a lot of women who are going to, you know, and men too yeah. who are going to relate because they're living that too, you know. If you're, you know, balancing kids and and, yeah. and a career. And right. you know, um me being married uh to a female songwriter like you and John. Yeah. Um it's it's still a very male oriented business here. I mean, it's come miles from where when I first came to town yeah. where there was really like matresa berg and gretchen peters gretchen peters who wasn't here a lot right and um, there were very few absolutely you know working female riders and there are Mm -hmm. way more now but it's still i'm asking do you still feel like it's a little bit of a boys club here or Hmm. not boys club That is the wrong meeting it's still i think it's still different for women who work and have families than it is for men who work and have families
1: I think the place where I see it the most is um, in my co-writes where, uh, you know, the because I write, like I said, 99% of the time with men. They all have wives that are taking care, picking up the kids from school or worrying about the, you know. PTO thing or the they got to pick up a white T-shirt for the or field a basketball trip. Game they got right, or the, yeah. That's the difference. Is I feel like me and I speaking for some of my female songwriting friends. Like we're trying to do both. Like right. I walk in the door and I put on the face of all right, boys, let's get going. You know, I'm not a mom right now. Right. We're playing hard. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm on the field and you right. can you can you know count on me. You can throw me the ball and I'm gonna run hard, but. In the meantime, I'm getting phone calls from the nurse at school or I'm, yeah. um, you know, a million things spinning. I've got to leave early because I got to go pick up a kid, you know, not to say they don't have, cause there's men that they're helping out their wives mm-hmm. just as much. So, but there's just a little, yeah, just a little, the mother, there's the mother little, thing, yeah. you know, just a little different. And sometimes I feel like that's, that's the difference. This right. plate, I have a lot of plates spinning.
0: Right. And, it, so. and I think that women, uh, maybe just perform those roles more in the family anyway. Right. And, uh, you know, our, Amy and I's division of labor is a little more equal. So I'm in, so i I get yeah. those texts too from teachers yeah. and nurses. I'm the guy who goes, I'm the, I take and drop and right. But, um, so we split it up a little bit more, but I, I have a lot of guy friends who don't, you know, right. but some of their wives, uh, uh, our moms absolutely you know, which believe me is everybody says it like it's a cliche, but the reason it's a cliche is it's true. it's true being a full- time mom with two or three oh. kids is just like about as hard as it gets yeah,
1: and so I think they it's definitely a little bit of a challenge, but i want i want to say for the record, if anybody's wondering, um I feel so adored, admired, appreciated, loved by the men that I write with. I never. Because I get that question a lot, um, right. is in terms of you know what's it like to be in the boys with the boys mm-hmm. club or whatever. I I feel like they look at me and I've, I hopefully a lot of the other females like an asset, like to have us in oh, the room, sure.
0: and they well th- there's no other way they'd see it. You've worked with a co- I'm not going to name a whole bunch of names, but yeah, there's some very big stars that you are their go to person, and that that just doesn't happen if you're not delivering period right they're too busy and they have they 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 need great songs
1: yeah and they the guys really they look at me as like a little sister or you know we I've obviously bonded with them and so much and they mm-hmm. there's that camaraderie and it's really been a good mix I wonder what it was like in the 60s you know and yeah. 70s with women trying to write with men but right now it feels damn good I yeah. think we have I a think, really good flow
0: And I think it's come a a way long way. I still think there's probably a little room for improvement just being married to a female songwriter, but she doesn't, she doesn't ever complain about it. Amy's a lot like you. She, you know, she has something to offer the, the partnerships that she's involved in and proof's in the pudding. You know, you, you write hits with these guys. They want to work with you. Yeah. Period. Yes. And that doesn't matter if you're male or female or from planet Xenon, it doesn't (laughs) matter. It's so hard to get hit songs, you know. That just doesn't even factor in. It's hard. It is hard. Don't go away. Pitch List will be right back after the break.
1: All right, here's a song on my new record that actually Tim McGraw recorded. But here's my version.
2: Packed it all on a whim Threw an old Hank cassette taping Dad's 84, Rusty Ford Swore we'd never make it I quit my job, let my mama down Broken angel's heart on the way out of town Pulled my roots from the ground For the haunt On. Fever for small town Dreamer tells you everything you have It's worth losing Damn country music You might get lost in the lights In things that keep you up all night It's whiskey straight 3 a.m. Singing songs in your head. It's the highest highs, the lowest lows. It's needing yes, but hearing no, just another soul sold. You it'll break you, it'll damn sure make you do things you never thought you'd be doing. Damn country music. You'll still be the slave
0: So, let's talk about this. I always like to delve in a little bit into the the tough years.
2: Oh, yeah. Are y'all right talking about Absolutely. that? Because I mean,
0: you know, people, I think uh I get uh comments sometimes and I think people and I would have if I were when I was doing that. They're working their careers, they're trying to get their first cut and get known and 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 you've had these massive songs that are you know, one of those, the triple award winning song. I, yeah. I didn't realize that it was, I Drive Your Truck, uh, it's so, which is such an amazing song. Um, tell me about before that. Did yeah. you have moments when you were like, I don't know if I can do oh this? Oh my gosh, or?
1: yes. I almost quit several times. Really? Oh yeah. Um, so just a little backstory, you know, getting to Nashville was, you know, not as hard as a lot of people, you know, I didn't have far to go. Right. Uh, but I did that whole thing that a lot of us do. You pack up your car and you drive here and you, I had a little bit of a Cinderella story at first, um, which I actually felt more like an ass kick later. Cause I think I got it too easy at first I know what and, I know um, what right like, now. but I always have to remember I was paying my dues hard. I was one of those weird college students that was like, I was working like three jobs. Like I didn't have anybody's help. I was on my own. I was Playing in bar bands, singing bluegrass, singing gospel, singing blues, singing anything that anyone would let me sing. Um, and so when I moved to town, I had the Cinderella part was poof—I got my first uh, backup singing job with Matt King, this awesome artist on Atlantic. He was—he had had you know kind of a top ten hit, and I went right on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. day three of living in Nashville, I played the Grand Ole Opry with him. Wow! And day four, I was on a bus to Beaumont texas and was gone for the first six weeks that i lived here it was crazy wow so through that process um i was writing songs and his publisher who's now my still my publisher warner chapel heard those songs and that's how i got my first publishing deal pretty quickly so bam like i was in the game all right uh then things got hairy um i was twenty. 22, I got 21, and I found out that my mom was terminally ill with cancer. So, all that fun, right? All the excitement kind of got detoured with a long three years of being her caregiver, kind of going through that.
0: And so, you had to, did you have to go back home a lot or did you move back home?
1: Um, I basically, she lived in Murfreesboro. So, we would drive back and forth to Vanderbilt. I basically lived at Vanderbilt, ninth floor Mm. for a long time. But through that process, you know, I wanted to quit, you know, because I couldn't, I, you know, I wasn't doing the backup singing job anymore. He got um, let go okay. as an artist, but I've got my publishing deal. But as you probably lived several times, there was a big merger, and the people that signed me weren't there anymore, and I was kind of floundering. And my mom was dying, and it was just really hard times. So that was one of the times I wanted to quit or thought I should. Um, Then got a record deal. So after
0: that you got a record uh, deal.
1: So kind of during the process, she never got to hear that record and she never got to see it come out. But um, through that whole process, I'm like making a record, but my mom's, you know, ill. It's just crazy times. But I met my husband during that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she kind of going through that with her and then I got – signed and i'm trying to really be excited about that but you know the push and pull but then as uh, fate would have it the people that signed me to my first record deal they also got let go and there i am floundering again that's chance yep. two i could have yep. quit yeah um then i released the record <clears throat> which honeysuckle sweet, which was um a learning experience for sure and uh I was just not fulfilled with the artist process. I wasn't fulfilled by being put in boxes. I didn't consider myself necessarily a, at those in those terms, those days, Nashville country artist. Americana wasn't around yet. Mm-hmm. There was no Chris Stapleton. There was no Eric Church. So those doors hadn't been did kicked feel, down.
0: Did you feel like you were compromising to sort of make the label happy? Or, or? I just,
1: I felt like I was... Uh, trying to get invited to a party I didn't really care to be at. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't. Wow. I didn't see myself as a as a recording artist. Okay. And so when they'd ask those questions, I was confused because I, I just didn't know. I I didn't really understand how to play that game, and right. I didn't believe it. I didn't care. I just didn't care enough. Um, and so what because, I did,
0: because you didn't like the material or um, just in general you were
1: like, I could just, cause Miranda was my label mate. Gretchen mm-hmm. Wilson was my label mate. I was just watching them going, they get this. They, when they put them in, they know exactly how to go kill it. Right. I, I don't care. I don't care if I have a top 10. I just didn't know. What's funny is like I mean, anybody that knows me knows how much I care to win. Right. It's just, I didn't want to win. Didn't care to win that game. Um, It wasn't important to me for whatever reason, and it's still not, even with this record. It's for me personally to be a you know star, right? Rock star isn't the way, and you know, I want songs that move people, I want songs that even win awards, but um, I felt real comfortable. In the back of the stage, okay. or on the side of the stage. Okay,
0: I I, I completely relate. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I yeah. played bass for years for X, and I was happy. I loved it. Um, I like producing yeah. or, you know, whatever. Any of the yeah, I am with you. And I played in bands for years, but I, yeah, yeah. So it's just not my. I I get that. But I've I the only thing that I totally understand. But I've never viewed you that way. So mm-hmm. that's what's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. I'm yeah. like. I kind of saw you as a star type. I mean, you'd sing yeah. great and I know I that but, when I but I, I yeah. but I
1: completely understand. It's weird. It's it trust me, I I kept craving and actually Jennifer Nettles I opened for Sugarland. Um and I just remember st- standing side stage just right before I quit and just going, "God, I wish I had whatever that is. Like, and Dirk's had it. He was a good friend of mine. Like, I just couldn't relate to them." Uh, right. For whatever reason, I just couldn't go do that thing. And the second, I will never forget, I was in San Francisco on a street corner and I decided to quit my artist career, which was not really going anywhere anyway. Um, and I'll never forget making the phone call to my manager and booking and everybody and just said, y'all, it's been fun, but I've lost five years of my life doing this um my mom's gone now i'm lost i you know i've just got to re regroup and i want to write songs so and what's funny is that it's not like i had some looking back you know it's not like songs were being recorded by all these people and i was going hey that's where i can make i had nothing going on wow now my husband did he had just written "Whiskey Lullaby," mm-hmm. and he was crushing it as a songwriter. So maybe there was a little part of me going, "Okay, we're both been at this pretty pretty hard. He's having a lot of success. I'm not. Maybe it is time we get married." And I can always sing, you know, yeah. I can always write songs, but I'll be his wife. I'll be a mom, and that uh, those years, 2006 and 07, we got married. I was in that headspace. Wow. And um, by 2008, I was really frustrated. Like, nothing going on. Trisha's gone. She's not recording my songs anymore. Patty's gone. You know, any chance those album cuts that I was getting weren't dried up. And I got really pissed about it and uh, frustrated those that year. And that's when me and John Mabe wrote about it and wrote The Climb. Wow. So right when I was about to give up the... You know, Universe Rewards Me with a 15-week number one. It's insane. But you also
0: wrote something about how you really felt. Exactly. So, and, I, and that yes. emotion is in that
1: song. Exactly. To this
0: day, when you hear it.
1: And I hope the listeners that are, that are songwriters out there really lean on that because, you know, I was just writing my truth. You know, I can almost see it. That dream I'm dreaming. There's a voice inside saying you'll never reach it. That's all real for me and Mabe. You know, he was an underdog too. Absolutely. And... um I think that, you know, now looking back, you know, writing I Drive Your Truck, that was completely about grief. You know, that was a song about Mm -hmm. mom, you know, that stemmed from the grief of my mom. Uh, Most of my songs that have been popular are songs that come from somewhere deep that I'm writing my truth. So I think that when in doubt, write about your heart, write about your soul.
0: I think that's such great advice. It's incredible. It's a great story, man. I love that. I love it. And I, cause yeah, John, uh, i only knew john at when that when y'all wrote that as a plugger over at am right. i didn't even know he wrote right um i'm i'm curious so you had a point where you kind of just disengaged you kind of sat down the artist thing you didn't really have the songwriting you got you're getting married to john and you're like i might i'll just be a wife and i'm thinking yeah. okay so and then that went on for a couple years and then what was going on in your head that made you? Did, were you? Did you pretty quickly go? I need to get something going on. I, I wanted.
1: Not really. I was in the process of um, being. I was pregnant. You know. Yeah. I was in baby mode. Yeah. That. Okay. Um, okay. I was kind of. Uh, you know. Being. Getting our home together. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'll never forget, like literally, the week, the day, January twenty second um, of two thousand nine. I was in the hospital delivering Shy, Shyla, our daughter, and President Obama was being inaugurated and they, Miley Cyrus was singing The Climb at his inauguration ball. So uh, it was yet another weird time in my life where everything's just happened for me that could ever happen as a songwriter. You know, the biggest, yeah. you know, hit it so far out of the park, but I can't really enjoy it or invest in it because i'm literally learning how to breastfeed i'm learning how to swaddle i've never done this before i have no family help so those were weird uh, that was kind of a weird year and it also um i don't wonder if you've dealt with this uh, any as as well but it kind of tainted my vision as a songwriter too so imagine this girl that's only ever cared about writing country songs that's all i've never i don't even listen to pop radio never have
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Never. Like I know nothing right now about pop music, but I just had a pop song. So I was so confused. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. So all these years I've been writing songs, you know, country music songs, and that didn't work. So now I've had a, you know, song on pop charts and AC with a 15 year old. It was so confusing. Yeah. Well, but I think the climb is,
0: It is a country song, but it's, it has huge, it's such a big song. You know what I mean? But it is definitely country. She's a pop artist. Right. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like, did you spend some time writing out in LA? Yes. And and I got
1: lost. I got completely lost. I I, did that too. And it was all because I... Just thought, wow, that's what I should have been yeah. doing this whole time. So, oh, and
0: you also get opportunities that are difficult yes, to turn down. Exactly, you get people calling who are big names. Absolutely, because we Amy and I had a couple a couple things that were pop, or you know, amazed was, and there were others that were AC hits, and so you get these opportunities. And and I know exactly what you're saying, and but it, it led me kind of down of a rabbit hole me for too. several years.
1: It led me down. I, it didn't take me too long only because I couldn't play the game. I felt like an imposter pretty quick. Like I didn't know their references, just like if someone came here and I I said, yeah, kind of like a old Keith Whitley thing, like they would throw out references that were huge references in the pop world. I have no idea what they're talking about. So quickly I knew I was out and I wasn't fulfilled at all. So those, that was the turning point yet again. I had to reinvent myself and go, okay, I know I might've had a hit with a female in pop you know but I'm a country writer and that's when I decided to only write songs for men and so that's when that journey started um but yeah that's another time I don't necessarily think I was going to give up or quit right, right but just a more of a sometimes we just have to like change it up you know re yeah reinvent um revigorate your writing process
0: yeah and not everybody uh ever not everybody wants to take the job of uh star country star. I mean, as you, you know, we know, we, you know, we work with the people that do this. It, it's a tough gig. It's I mean, it, you can't complain about people who have their own jets and own islands and everyone <laughs> loves them. So I get that, but you know,
2: yeah, it's it, a lot of
0: work. I personally, I mean, if I would go back and be 25 again, I would, the writer life is a better life.
1: Oh, I love it. I, yes. I think it's just
0: way better. I don't know who told me. It was maybe Bob Regan. He's like, Yeah, if you can do it as a writer here, you can uh you can, you know, you can make good money, you can get a great table at a restaurant downtown, and then every night you get to go home and go to bed. Yes. In your own bed. And otherwise you're gonna be sleeping on a tour bus, you know, which I, but then there are people that they it's just their whole thing and they just they just can't breathe. without being on stage and those are the ones that are great at it absolutely and I um but I think it is definitely two different things
1: yeah yeah and I I feel like that's what's exciting about the way I've made this record and the intention behind it it's very pure and it's um it's kind of like the back door coming at Mm -hmm. it you know and people keep asking like why after all these years it's like I'm not real sure um, other than That's it's, a great answer it's, too. Cre- it's creative and it's fun, fun and I'm calling moan shots. I don't care. I don't have any, Right. this isn't about ego or pride or money or like trying to do something. It's really just the art of making music yeah. and and making some something creative out of, you know, hopefully um, getting out to all these people too that maybe haven't been spoken to country music. I remember bitching about, why is no one making country records? And I do mm-hmm. remember a couple, maybe years ago, thinking, well, quit bitching and do something.
0: I, I just think everyone should do it, honestly, because the streaming platform, it's just easy to put stuff up there. Yeah. And someone like you, I mean, you can do press. You can, and it's really, you it's like you get to introduce yourself. You know, like who you really are. Yeah. People know your songs and I'm sure they know you. And I'm quite sure there are lots of country fans who are aware of you and all your songs and keep up with you. But this is a way for them to kind of see who you really are. Yeah. Unfiltered. Absolutely. And I love it that you look at it like that. It's it's not a money thing. It's not a, it's just like, it's a calling. It's like, and it's fun. It is. I think that's the great part
1: about those things. It's fun. And this seems fun. What a fun thing. This has
0: been fun for, yes. I'm glad you're having fun. I'm having fun. When I started doing this, I uh, I was not good at it, and I a similar <laughs> thing. I was just like, I loved podcasts. I thought I would do one. I had no plan, but through but through through the couple years now doing it, um, it's always been fun. I feel like I've gotten to sort of archive people that I love, you know, in this yeah. town, people that I've known, like you, and all the people that I've tried. I really try to get people on tape. Talking about their lives and, and what we what we what we did and what yeah. we we're doing.
1: Wouldn't it be amazing if we had had these podcasts on some of our heroes, you know, yeah, just to exactly. get to here.
0: I know There, I look I've looked a hundred times to try to find a Bob McDill interview. There's like yeah. one. And he doesn't like to talk about it. Back.
2: No,
1: yeah.
0: he never does.
1: I know you got to get, you got to get some of the, you got to get like Bill Anderson in here. Yeah, and,
0: I do need to get Bill and Anderson like in here. And like Paul
1: Overstreet. I mean, you know what?
0: I'm going to do that. Yeah. Bob, even when you meet him, Amy and I ran into him several years back uh, at that Chinese place in Green Hills. And he just did not want to talk about no. songs at all. <laughs> I mean, like did not want to.
1: I got to honor him, sing for him for um, one of the ASCAP. You know, awards and I got oh, to I be remember. seated next yeah. to him and of course I'm thinking i, I here's my moment I mean yeah. I'm gonna sit next to John Lennon and I can find out, out yeah let it be how it was written you know right um and there was nothing he wanted to talk about fishing yeah you know I was like okay
0: it, it's so weird you're like you wrote good old boys like me <laughs> yes I mean don't me talk to me about damn fishing yes I know some but of the lines in that song thats so the greatest it's I mean greatest. come on I know Jimmy Webb's like that for me. And I've been around him at functions, but I've never really, I don't think I will. I don't even want to talk to him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just I, maybe not. No,
0: because I've had several friends know I, he's my favorite and have tried to introduce me, and I'm just like, no. I just don't even want to talk to him. So are you touring on the record? Are you going to do some gigs? I am. That'll be fun too. That'll be fun too. That's got fun gigs. Writers don't get to do that. Like, because yeah. I spent my 20s playing and I don't do it anymore and every now and then I watch something I'm like damn I would like to do that again
1: especially when they're things you want to do yeah. uh, you know I, I've like you mentioned earlier there's a lot of artists that you know I've they've recorded my songs over the mm-hmm. years and um now they're kind of excited about this record and they're helping me out which has been so incredible to see the uh you know camaraderie but um Cheryl Crow's is a good friend of mine she's Actually, my last record that I put out that I didn't promote at all because the twins were really little, but um, she was really instrumental in making like talking me into making that record. And on this record, she has me coming out and opening some shows for her in New York. So oh, that's crazy. in April, that's great. So that's going to Beacon Theater, which is where I saw Tom Petty oh, last. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then, like Dirks has this Seven Peaks Festival, so I'm going to go play that. Um, and then. Obviously, the honor of the lifetime is to the night of my album release, I'm playing the Grand Ole Opry. So for this record, especially being so country driven, it's uh, that's obviously the creme de la creme of, of that's performing. um And then, yeah, I'll play when things make sense and they're fun. And
0: so you might do uh Will you do any like sustained opening things. I don't know. The summer.
1: I, if, if the right artist in the right situation asked me, I would definitely consider it. Um, so right now it's still kind of Mm -hmm. open in the air, but I'm going to do a Nashville show and, uh, but the Cheryl dates, I'm really excited about. Cheryl
0: Crow is, uh, while we were talking, I didn't know you had a kid at Lipscomb. We have two kids at Lipscomb. Mm -hmm. She's a Lipscomb mom.
1: She has a sixth grader. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And my daughter Lola's in her son's class. And, uh, we always laugh because Cheryl Crow, who I just idolized as I was coming up, (laughs) is now Wyatt's mom.
1: Totally. It's Wyatt's mom. It's yeah. Wyatt's mom. That's it. Yeah, I know. And
0: then her big claim to fame with Lola's friends was, they all told me, did you know my, Wyatt's mom sang backup for Michael Jackson? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I did yeah. know that. There's a pu- piece of the puzzle you're missing yeah, a here. A big piece. But, that yeah. she made some of the coolest damn records oh, anybody yeah. made. Probably one of the most influential to country oh, yeah. female music oh, 100. of 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 anything. Absolutely. Those records. Um but yeah, she's white What a great human. I need to try to talk her into coming on though. Oh pitch she's list.
1: absolutely she's amazing. But she's
0: like she's a she's like super mom. Man, she, is. she does all the and PTA that, stuff. I get these little emails. It's like she takes she that, cracks the whip, man.
1: <laughs> that black minivan is because of me. When when we found out we were having twins, we were like, We have to have a minivan. There's this is impossible. And uh she was over at the house one day and rode in and or she's like, This is this is really nice. I was thinking, Cheryl Crow, if you get a minivan, you know, yeah. this will be incredible. Of course, she did, but hers has like wood grain. Like yeah. hers is really nice. Yeah. But um, we just rode in it. Uh, me and her went on a girls trip with some girls, and um, we were riding in it. And I was like, "This is one thing I never thought I'd be doing."
0: Well, it's uh, it's such a strange world. Kids are such a great equalizer because mm-hmm. like at Lipscomb when Lola was in the the little school over there. Um, I'd roll, you know. They started, you know. It's early, so like seven thirty, I'd be coming in line to drop her, and John Rich would be in there, and <laughs> just you know, looking kind of hungover. <laughs> it's like seven thirty in the morning. He's got those sunglasses on, dropping off his boys, and I'm just like, "Hey, rock star!" <laughs> you know, exactly. It's everybody. uh Yeah, it's so true. You know, that's I think that's what's so great about family and children. They don't give a shit about Mm-mm. any of this. No, they don't care at all. It keeps you very grounded.
1: 100 very grounded and it's all it's been so good for me just in our in our careers with the ups and downs you mm-hmm. know and you really yep. see what matters absolutely yeah
0: and it's so it's hard i remember we had a conversation i think we ran into you at Firehouse Subs one yeah. day and i think you have the twins right yeah. so i think maybe your twins were year old or year and a half and I remember you saying something to Amy like how do you do it I (laughs) I was watching going well you just hang on for dear life it'll get better it's a ride for sure it's tough it's so weird with kids because you know because ours are getting a little bit older now and you know, when you, when your kids are little, everyone tells you, Oh, cherish these moments because they go right. so quickly, which is absolutely true. But when you're in that <laughs> you're just holding on. You're just like, What whatever, yes, man. I know. I whatever. Know. I'm so hanging on to for che- dear fucking life. <laughs> I here. can't cherish. I haven't right slept now. in three days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a weird thing because and you know in your mind, yes, I should cherish these, but it's just you're just trying to survive it.
1: Yeah, literally. And then, yeah. they,
0: but they do get older quick and then it always changes, but it's great. It's great. It is great. It's, I think, um, I think, uh, it's the, it's the best thing you can do. Um, you know who else I thought of something yeah. you, who else I thought was a, is a great female singer who just was never that interested was Hillary.
1: Oh. What a you know singer. what I mean she just yeah.
0: she, she got offered deals I, I probably could get a deal now absolutely but she she never the same way just yeah. never didn't really appeal to her and I and maybe it's just not her maybe she, you know everyone just always wanted her to and I'm sure you got yeah. that for years too oh absolutely. you should sign and oh, what do yeah. you, you know but if but if your heart's not in that it's it's too hard
1: that's what I and I, you learned
0: you lived that I right? was trying
1: to say that earlier yeah it's like you have to really want it. Yeah. And you really have to fight for it, and I'm so like driven that I couldn't do it half ass. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just make make it up, make believe. I right. I, I really um, and I just love our job. Like we yeah. talked about, I mean, I love that every day is different. I don't have to sing the same song every single night. Yeah. Um, I do love being on the road. I actually would have been a great artist in those regards. I I do well on the road. I love um, a fast-paced life, um, mm-hmm. all that. But, yeah, it's just you have to really, really, really want it. And um, yeah. I had to really define what success was for me, and that just wasn't it. You know, winning Female Vocalist of the Year or selling out an arena, um, those just weren't my markers. Now, Song of the Year was a marker, um, and so getting to win that was obviously a huge,
0: that is such a great thing. You just said, well, how did you say it? Defining
1: my su- what I consider yeah. success. Right. I still have to redefine it all the right. time.
0: Redef- defining what you consider a success. I think that's probably the, one of the biggest barriers people have to making their dreams come true. Mm. Either they can't define exactly right. what it is that would make them happy. Like exactly. Yeah. Or. They have uh, this nebulous goal that's not really defined enough to make happen. I think that's like a critical part of success that I've seen in people that are successful is defining exactly what that is. And so for you, you just thought that's not going to be success for me.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know me well enough that if I want it bad enough and work hard and just persevere, then, you know, the odds of me achieving it will be high. But if I don't believe in it, you know, right. same way with artists, writing with but artists. I think
0: what you're saying is true for everyone. Just yeah. some people don't know it. Yeah, true. That's all I'm trying to point yeah. out here is like, yeah. that's a great deal of wisdom in what you're saying there. It's just a universal truth and, and some people don't know it. Yeah. Um, You really have to, and it's, an artist is a tough life. It is. It's a tough life and it's even tough when they are very successful. And like I said, no one wants to hear them whine. I get it. But, um you really have to make sure that's what you want. Absolutely. Because you just have to do things that normal, you know, it's just, there's only, and the other problem I've seen with writers is once a writer's had a couple hit songs, their ability to tolerate bullshit goes down.
1: (laughs) So true. (laughs) You know what I mean? And
0: and, uh, I'm not speaking for you. I'm just saying what I've seen and and I'm a writer and it's just like, they don't, they don't get, they're not going to be as good at, Hey, you got to go do this radio interview at six forty-five a.m. You've had seven minutes of sleep, or right, you know, or all that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, we didn't talk about John much. It's okay, um, but he can come in. He come and in do his something. own damn interview. He's a, absolutely su- your husband's super talented guy. Super. Man. Wow. Well, it's been fantastic talking this to has you. has been awesome. Really, really great to catch up with you. Um, okay, that's awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. To hear songs written and or recorded by today's guest, check out this week's playlist by finding us on Spotify at Pitch List Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. And if you want, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. To watch the song performances from this episode, visit pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.